So today is a very, very special day. If you're listening live, it is the 21st of May, 2021, and it is going to be an amazing time. It will be the 21st second of the 21st minute of the 21st hour of the 21st day in the 21st week of the 21st year of the 21st century. Huh? (laughs) So if you're listening to this after that's already happened, well, I mean, you didn't get to celebrate with the rest of us, so it's not really, it's not my fault. I'm sorry. But just know that you can say, oh, I missed it. But you did live through it. If you made it past 9.21 p.m. So just remember, if you made it's 9.21.21 p.m., which is the, you know, 21st hour of the 21st day and the 21st week of the 21st year of the 21st century. Now we're talking about a party, right? (laughs) That's what I thought. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. All right, so I have a question about a lady who was living in an apartment, and I think she's still living there, although she may have moved out by now, in El Paso, Texas, and Anna Cardenas. And she woke up one morning and blood was dripping on her face from the ceiling fan that was above her. And it was dripping on the blood, on the bed, and on the floor around her. It was, you know, just splattering on her. Now, it was human blood, and there were other bodily fluids dripping through her ceiling fan. That's what they say. Now, it says here she was grossed out. Well, yeah. And that she was in shock. Well, I don't know about shock, but, you know, I mean, you'd be a little disturbed, right? And she said that she thought it isn't real, it's just a dream. And she wanted to wake up. So she called maintenance, and they said, uh, yeah, you know, uh, are you sure there's blood? Yeah, that's what I'm calling you for. And so uh, she, uh, you know, they showed up. And they found that blood was all over her bedroom, like she said. And the firefighters arrived, and they went upstairs and banged on the door. No one answered, so they broke the door down. And yes, if you're guessing, oh, well, I guess the guy was dead above above her, you'd be right. There was a corpse, according to the fire department, uh, laying on the floor above where her fan and you know bedroom was. Okay, so according to the firefighters, the man was between... 55 and 70 years of age. All right. Now they say that he's been decomposing for up to six days. So he had to have been already started to, you know, get a little dead body smell going. But, uh, apparently they said that this body, this person had died of natural causes. I, my question is if you die of natural causes, how does does blood and guts and goo come seeping out of you after I mean all the way through the carpet upstairs through the floor and onto the room below uh, I yeah, I'd like that explained to me I'd like the coroner from El Paso to give me a call 
<laughs> or email me here at chewing the fat because I'd like to know if you know I, I'm I, you know sure it's gross and no I don't want it but uh, natural causes leaves the body decomposing in a way that blood and guts comes oozing through carpeting and flooring and ceiling fanish stuff <laughs> okay all right you got me i just you know i just didn't think it would happen that way sure you get a lot of smell but i don't think that that stuff comes goozing out how and yes i said goozing uh and now according to this story she's you know the apartment complex is you know kind of cleaned up a little bit but not very well and they claim to have disinfected it but there's still flies buzzing around and there's a you know, an odor still there. And she claims that she hasn't re-upped her lease and they aren't, you know, returning her calls. Now, according to this story, oh, well, she's got a GoFundMe that's raised over 15,000 bucks. So, that, I mean, she can move. She's got a little extra cash to move. Anna will be okay. <laughs> and of course, I watched the news story and Anna lives in El Paso and there'd be no reason for her to be living in America and be able to speak English. That would just be stupid. So, uh, you know, she's had to be, you know, translated, that kind of thing. But so what? I'm not, you know, hey, 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 hey. I don't care about that kind of stuff, okay? My real question is I can't believe that a person body dies of natural causes and oozes blood and goo through carpeting, flooring, wiring, onto the next room. I just find that really, really hard to believe. Maybe it's just me. Speaking of smelly dead bodies uh, in San Francisco, remember a year or so ago, we talked about the uh, San Francisco Conservatory of Flowers having its own corpse flowers, and the last one was blooming last year. And what's good about that is that it, you know, smells like a corpse. <laughs> now, there are these huge plants. They can grow up to about 15 feet tall, and they have this bud that uh, takes about... 10 to 20 years and sometime in between the time of you know maybe maybe seven but if they're an early bloomer uh but if you're a late bloomer uh you could take 20 years but the plant uh this plant grows and it has this really wide canopy and then the bulb gets enough what they call energy for it to bloom and when it opens up, you know, everybody wants to come and see it and they can smell it and they can smell it, you know, quite a ways away. It's now, according to this story, you can smell it from up to a half a mile away. Well, a local man in San Francisco has a corpse flower and it's looking like it's going to bloom and he wanted everyone to be able to share it. So he took it to a closed up gas station on the corner of Santa Clara Avenue and Oak Street. I'm sure you know it's right up there. Just go up and make a left and it's, it's right there. And uh, so people have been lining up to see it. My question is, it's San Francisco. How do you know if you're actually smelling the flower or you're just smelling the streets of San Francisco? 
<laughs> How do you know it's something other than the Titan Arum or the corpse flower that you're smelling? Uh, just a question I have. I, you know, maybe it's just me. I think that might be the title <laughs> of today's show. Maybe it's just me. They're here. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> For the next few weeks, no thank you. So that's the sound of the Brood X, the cicadas. You know, I guess it's Brood 10, but uh, the Brood X. Uh, the uh, cicadas in the uh, in the Northeast, uh, in I don't know, fifteen or sixteen states across the country, and we talked a few weeks ago about how these millions, if not trillions, of cicadas were going to hatch, and they were going to be everywhere. Well, they're here, and now we can't get enough of cicada talk, so we can talk about trying to eat them. They're, according to professionals, a sustainable source of protein. No, thank you. I don't want any. Quit trying to make me eat bugs and like it. Quit it. So, according to this story, if you are a bug eater, you are an entomophagist. Entomophagists. Yeah, that's what I said. Entomophagists. Yeah, bug eater. So I guess that we are supposed to enjoy eating the cicadas and we've got people making uh, eight course meals with the Brood X cicada brew. Uh, I guess they're going to try to make it like you do with crawfish. So you boil them up. You know, it's still a great source of protein. <laughs> According to this... You want to eat the females because they're full of eggs. Okay. And ditching the uh, taste just like chicken. I guess according to this chef, this bug eater, it's more like cold asparagus. Mmm, yum, yum. Does that sound good? Now, some cooks have, uh, you know, cooked them up with garlic and potatoes and black rice and tofu and peppers and no thank you no thank you i don't care no i do not want cicadas in my soup on my plate i do not want cicadas sam i am now we also have uh since we um you know know that we've got trillions of cicadas out there they're also saying, hey, you know, you should probably keep an eye out for the rat populations because when there's a big uh, plethora of cicadas out there, yeah, the rats eat them and they grow and they're a great source of protein. But what it does is it gives the rats all kinds of protein and food and they're busy taking care of rat business and we got nothing but rats. <laughs> That's what I want is rats taking care of business and creating more rats. Uh, the answer to that is no, I don't. So... We know now that areas have had increased rats during the cicada hatching seasons. So they're telling people in Cincinnati, 
throughout the southeast, Pennsylvania, western Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Maryland. Yeah, you um, you probably need to be on the lookout for a large number of rats. Yeah, the population is going to explode. Oh, uh, okay. Now, the last time that they had a big breakout in, <laughs> in Montgomery County, Maryland, they issued over 400 rat infestation complaints and usually it's right around 60. Oh, oh, okay. So that's good. So they're telling people, and this is probably a good rule of thumb, any day, put food in containers, sealed containers. Do not put food out for stray animals. Use a catch tray under bird feeders to collect all the pet food indoors and control the weeds and shrubs so the rats cannot burrow. And you know what? Keep your garbage in your garbage cans. And you know what? And make sure you take them to the curb and bring the bags to the curb too. That's probably a pretty good rule of thumb, no matter, you know, what time of year it is. Now, according to this, in 2019, Washington, D.C. had 6,000 434 rat complaints. Oh, oh, okay. No, 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 no problem. I love that. And we're happy to have that. <laughs> According to entomologist Richard Carbon, almost everyone will eat cicadas. And we're finding that out to be even true with humans. And he acknowledged that predicting which animals will have population surges, eh, we're not too sure. But... Yeah, it's probably going to be rats. And of course, all the exterminating companies are gearing up and overstocking on rat supplies or anti-rat supplies. I'm all for the glue sticks, man. If you have ever, ever had a rat problem in any of your buildings, say, I don't know, your home, and you have, uh, have had rats in there, you need to get rid of those bad boys. And I have had a problem with rats in one home I lived in. And I'll never, I will never forget the time that I knew that I had a, a couple of rats, at least a couple, and I'd hear them in the garage. So I, one time I came home, I shut the lights off and I closed the garage door and I just still stood in the garage quiet. And I waited to hear, you know, the rat noise. And there he was. I turn on the light and there he was. He's on top of a box and he jumps onto the spring of the garage door. I have an old style Florida garage doors with the spring, big springs on each side. Not the spring along the top, but they have the big springs along the side. And he climbs up the springs along the top of the garage door, turns around at the middle of the garage door, looks at me, finishes his cigarette flicks the butt onto the garage door floor and jumps up into the attic. Oh man, I was so ticked. I was on a rat fever hunt after that. So I ended up getting some poison and the poison, you know, what that does is dries them out and they get thirsty. And then you end up trying to see, you find them dead, trying to gnaw their way into the washing machine pipes and stuff because they're thirsty. They're looking for water. But, you know, and they don't smell. The poison, you know, makes it so they die and they don't smell. But sometimes you can't find them. They just go off and die. And I want to know that they're dead. Okay, I know this is sounding evil and bad, but I want to know that they're dead. So I got glue sticks. And, you know, if you, if you don't want to see the rats on the glue stick, I get it. But I did. 
and they stick on the glue stick and they get on there and you get up in the next day and there's a rat on the glue stick and he's you know stuck on the glue stick <laughs> and that's what i want to see i want to know that those sons of guns are dead and they were so i would if you live in any of these areas where cicadas are breaking out the brood x and you think you're going to have a rat population problem i would invest in glue sticks right now okay now one of the good things that's happening <laughs> i say good things not really uh the we talked about this i feel like we talked about this before when we had another big breakout of cicadas because about five percent of them get this fungus called massapora and what it does is it produces this compound on their body that is like an amphetamine and it makes them lose control and they're like sex crazed cicadas but they lose their lower abdomen this moss eats away at their body so they lose the lower abdomen which means they can't reproduce but that's all they want to do is reproduce so these males are into mating hyperdrive and all they do is go around looking to have cicada business but it really doesn't do anything what it does do though is spread the moss because what they try to do and they don't care they don't care if it's a female cicada or a male cicada they just want business all right there's like the walking dead sex crazed cicada business <laughs> tonight at nine and they just go crazy but what happens is is they go up against other cicadas and they want to rub the fungus up against the other cicada while they're doing business which then spreads on to another cicada now one would think perhaps that you'd want to recreate this massapora fungus and so it would just get rid of the cicadas <laughs> they wouldn't be able to reproduce and they would just be gone and then we wouldn't have to worry about it anymore i don't know what purpose they serve look i'm not you know i don't want to hear from you scientists of course they serve a purpose it's mother nature and it's the cycle of life okay all right i got you no problem i know i know i know but it would just seem to me that it would be a possibility that a way to get rid of the cicadas or at least a big chunk of them would be to spread a little massapora fungus around because it grows on them the reason it's such a small amount is because they get it on them when they're hatching underground so they come out with it so very you know it's only a small percentage that get it on them when they're when they're hatching in the ground i say sprinkle that stuff all over the damn ground oh look look at all this area here this is all full of brood x buried in the ground yeah Masspora fungus everywhere, man. Let them go into sexual hyperdrive business. Cicadas are jumping around. Let them jump around on anything they can get on and start taking care of cicada business. They can't do anything because their male genitalia is gone. So there's no breeding. It's just fake business going on. Just a thought. Just a thought. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Before we go to the break room, and I desperately need something cold to drink, let me give you a couple more animal stories. Uh, there's a big salmonella outbreak going on right now in 43 states. 163 people have confirmed 
been sickened with salmonella and the Centers for Disease Control Prevention are warning backyard poultry farmers. And we know that backyard poultry farmers are huge now. Over five and a half million of the new chickens sold were to new chicken owners this year. Don't kiss your chickens. I know. It seems like a good rule of thumb uh, any day. But they're saying, hey, 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 uh, don't kiss your chickens, okay? There have been children under five be sickened with salmonella. Now, no one has died from it, but, you know, there's been many children sickened. That means that they're kissing the chickens. You can go ahead and write your own jokes on that. So just remember that, uh, you know, it's a bacterial infection. And in most people, it just uh, resolves on its own in a week or less after causing diarrhea, fever, and stomach cramps. Now, it could be really severe if you're under 5 or over 65. So any of you youngsters or oldsters out there kissing your chickens, how about you stop? <laughs> you know, you don't, don't do it for me. Do it for your own health, okay? And then we talked about the plague is showing up in Colorado, and it shows up, you know, all the time. It hasn't gone away since the, I don't know what they said, the 20s or the 40s. It's been around, you know, forever. It, it keeps showing up, and, you know, it shows up in uh, rodents in Colorado all the time. Well, now we see millions of mice are swarming in Australian towns, and they have the plague. So if you live in Australia, and I know we have Australian listeners to Chewing the Fat, and thank you for listening to Chewing the Fat. I appreciate it. I, you know, I, I love Australia. I wish I could have visited the country before you guys locked it down and don't want anybody else leaving or coming into your country now, thanks to COVID. But, uh, and I've, I've, I've talked about Australia before. I'm, I'm a huge fan. But, Apparently now they have a huge problem with plague mice in Australia. So I'm guessing, and this is just a thought from chewing the fat, here in America, don't kiss your chickens. In Australia, don't kiss your rats. Just a good rule of thumb. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. All right, I got this email into ChewingTheFat at TheBlaze.com, and I don't know what country it's from. I mean, we have listeners of Chewing the Fat all over the country. It could be from the U.S., could be from Australia, could be from Canada, could be from any European country that listens to Chewing the Fat. Welcome, welcome. It's uh, from a man named Mike, and he said, hey, cannot get enough of the show. It's the best podcast available. Thank you so much, Mike. We appreciate it. Now to the question. If someone identifies as non-binary, doesn't that mean that there are only two genders? I mean, binary means two. So either there is no such thing as non-binary or only two genders. These are the questions that keep me up at night. I know if anyone would have the answer, it would be you. All right, Mike. Well, first of all, we do know that binary is, uh, you know, if you look at the definition, the actual definition, it's, you know, something having two parts relating to, composed of, or involving two things. So if you're non-binary, that means you're not two things, right? You're open to anything. Now, you're not bi, because if you're bi, that means just two things. 
<laughs> so if you're non-binary, you are open to anything. And man, what a what a great thing that is, isn't it? When you're when you're non-something, it's important to be a part of something, even if you're a part of non, right? Those are just the types of emails that I'm getting here at Chewing the Fat, so thank you very much. I see where someone tagged me on Twitter, a digital trends tweet showing how Michael Jordan's golf course, this is a private course, of course, my, of course, Michael Jordan's golf course is private, of course, of course. Anyway, it, uh, you know, it's a private course, of course. It uh, showed how it's using drones to deliver goods to the golfers out on the course. And yes, I'm all for drones delivering things. I'm all for it. I want drones to be dropping things off to my house almost immediately. I want to be able to order something and have it dropped off at the house now. But let me say this to you. As a former golfer, it's been a long time since I've been out on a golf course golfing um, or riding a golf cart around watching other people golf for that matter. And I used to golf all the time. And I still have my favorite putter, by the way, a putter that my father won years ago in a golf tournament. It's a, a ballpark Frank hot dog. He won it as a ballpark Frank golf tournament. And uh, he got a putter. It's a half a hot dog. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You wish you had a putter like that. So, uh, it, anyway, if you're out golfing and I'm on hole seven or hole 18, if you're on 18, the clubhouse right there, you're close. But if you're out in the middle of middle of a round and you're golfing 36 instead of a, instead of a quick 18 and you're thirsty and you want to drink, isn't it better to have like the green girls? Uh, delivering goods. I mean, it's a private club. You'd think Michael Jordan would have the babes on the greens delivering goods, wouldn't you? It would just seem to me, you know, cool that the drone brings me stuff, but I'd rather have the, the green girls bringing me stuff while I'm out on the course. Maybe it's just me. Oh, and did I mention I heard from my friend Reem again? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Reem has contacted me again. Reem E. Al Hashimi, the Emirates Minister of State and Managing Director of the United Arab Emirates Dubai World Expo 2020 Committee. And Reem is writing me to stand as my partner to receive my share of gratification from foreign companies whom. Uh, I helped during the bidding exercise towards the Dubai World Expo 2020 committee. I also want to use this fund to assist coronavirus symptoms and causes. So Reem has now added the coronavirus symptoms and causes to the email. Plus, uh, Reem is still pushing the Dubai World Expo 2020. You think maybe we'd have something else that we're pushing? I mean, it's 2021, Reem. You need to update this email. You've already added coronavirus symptoms and causes. But with Reem reminded me that she's a single Arab woman and serving as a minister and there's a limit to personal income and investment level. That's the reason that she can't receive such a huge sum back to her country or personal account. So an agreement was reached with the foreign companies. She got an agreement with foreign companies to direct the gratifications to an open beneficiary account 
with a financial institution where it will be possible for me to instruct further transferrals of the fund to a third-party account for investment purposes, which is the reason she contacted me because she wants me to receive the fund as my partner for investment in her country. How cool is that? Reem has picked me out. Now, and they haven't changed the amount. Oh, the last time was a lot smaller. It was for something else. This time we're back to 47,745,533 euros with a financial institution waiting my instruction for further transferal to a destination account as soon as I have, Reem, has my information uh, indicating interest and I want to receive and invest the fund. I'll get compensated with 30% of the total amount and I'm going to get benefit from the investment. So all I have to do is email Reem back at this separate email account, which, which is the Gmail account. Her email account that uh, she sent it to me from is a different email address than what she usually sends it to me from. It's sent from papadiska at uft plavdiv.bg dash yuft dash plavdiv.bg so that's that's normally a different email address that reem sends it to me from but she also has a different email address for me to reply to if i want to indicate interest to receive and invest the fund man do i do I want to get 30% of 47,745,533 euros? Yes. So, I'm replying to Reem right now. I'll get right back to you. Oh, hey, and I'd like to thank the federal judge who was listening to Chewing the Fat yesterday as we pled the stupidity of Lori and Massimo having to beg to leave the country in our Operation Varsity Blues segment. I mean, I gotta play the theme, right? Hello. Operation Varsity Blues. Tonight's episode, Judge Decides. Yes, he said they could go to Mexico. Yeah, no kidding. Duh. It's ridiculous they've got to beg to go to on vacation with their children. But they had to beg. And they did beg. And the judge said, sure, go ahead. The probation office was good with it. And the judge, you know, they made their case. The same case that I made for them. That they've already paid off their debts. They've done their time. They're working off their social credits that they've got to do i mean she's already pulled hers off i know stop it her volunteer hours he's almost done with his 250 hours and they still have supervised release now for a couple of years left the whole thing is ridiculous but at least the federal judge said yeah go ahead so tonight's episode judge decides I love it. I'm going to be sad to see these segments go because I just love hearing this theme. Cannon. Yeah, tonight's episode. (laughs) I love that theme so 
much. I know, I know, it's just me. Hey, don't forget, uh, June 1st, we start uh, hurricane season. <laughs> uh, and it's my youngest daughter's birthday, by the way, June 1st. Uh, just happy early birthday to Maya. But we, uh, we have hurricane season uh, coming June 1st, which begins that day. But we have disturbances already going on. We have one about 450 miles east-northeast of Bermuda that uh, you know has got showers and thunderstorms and could be organized uh as time passes but we also have a disturbance in the gulf of mexico already i know and they're talking about it being still disorganized it still you know could come together a little bit but uh, no matter what it's going to cause some you know serious rain and flooding in the gulf coast states we've been getting some serious rain here anyway and don't forget, uh, they just announced that, uh, you know, that, uh, for the new hurricane season, I go with the Jack Harris plan. The Jack Harris plan, if I remember right, for hurricane season, for all the years I spent in Florida and covering hurricanes and uh, being the, uh, you know, official <laughs> official hurricane watch station at the mothership, Operation Stormwatch. Anyway, every year they predict how many name storms and bad storms and they give you the numbers and then they revise them as the season goes on those dingleberries in colorado and the people down at the noaa the national atlantic hurricane center whatever the heck they call themselves they give you the numbers and then they revise them depending on the weather so they say this year they're looking at 13 to 20 named storms and i think jack is always like 8 to 12 and with 20 full storms or something like that i've got to reach out to him so i remember his actually prediction but you predict the same thing every year that's the point because every year these places do their professional predictions and then they revise them yeah that's what we think this year we look at things this is what we think this year and then you know as the season progresses yeah no we're revising it and they you know it's either down or up it just depends on what what they see happening it's just be prepared it is hurricane season and uh, we haven't had our first one anna yet but it's coming it's coming so the friends reunion premieres on hbo max the 27th of this month and i don't know i'm gonna guess i'm gonna have to watch it i mean it's hosted by james gordon who i kind of like and they've got all kinds of special guests on top of just the friends cast is going to be part of the show plus david beckham justin bieber bts cindy crawford larry lady gaga it's going to be huge it's just going to be a monster trailer i watched the reunion trailer for it and it's just you know it's it'll be fun to watch i will say that my man john ziegler who's been on the show before and on twitter at zygmunt freud tweeted about the friends reunion trailer and the friends reunion show 
by asking how many of the woke media crowd who are celebrating the hashtag friends reunion would be tweeting messages urging a boycott today if NBC ever had a hit show based in NYC with only six very white, attractive, heterosexual characters. I mean, it it would never happen. It would never happen. There are shows, a plethora of shows and movies that will not happen today. And this is one of them. It's It's an excellent question. And I think we all know the answer speaking of friends though a new jersey judge uh finally recognized uh friends with benefits (laughs) so new jersey's u.s district judge susan d wigginton has legally recognized friends with benefits ruling they fall under the fourth amendment protection after a man was caught with drugs at the home of his special friend according to the legal declaration on fourthamendment.com so the fourth amendment prohibits unreasonable searches and seizures and sets requirements for issuing warrants if there's no probable cause and a person is illegally searched any evidence collected from the search will be excluded from evidence at trial and by the way you know in today's world it seems that even if you're suspicious you're guilty of something uh it's not illegal to be suspicious but anyway uh so this guy was uh, arrested while clad in his undies and uh, after being yanked from bed in the home of a woman who he had, he had slept with one time before he arrived uh you know for a hookup and the police arrived a few hours later they found his in his fanny pack 109 vials of heroin and a semi-automatic handgun. <laughs> Both of which were seized. Just 109 vials of heroin, though. I don't even care about the semi-automatic handgun. If you've got, I think it's probably a rule, uh, that if you have over 100 vials of heroin, you've got to have some kind of handgun with you. I think that's a law. Bradley was charged with narcotics and firearms offenses in which he already had uh, several outstanding warrants. Okay. So his other warrants in 2015, he was arrested for selling heroin near a school and had felony con- All right. Reels was arrested on hindering apprehension charges. What does that even mean? Hindering apprehension charges. You mean he was trying not to get caught like every other felon? Okay. So we've now got hindering apprehension. Okay. Thank you. So, uh, the police had a warrant for Brantley's arrest, but did not have a warrant to search the home. Okay. So this ruling came last week with, uh, home extended to the home of friends with benefits and that uh, the lawyers have grounds to challenge the seizure wow that is huge that is being hello we've got uh we've got a warrant to arrest you but if you're at somebody's house taking care of a little business uh that is the uh, business clause and uh, you better have a warrant for that place too. Wow. Okay. Thanks, Judge. Uh, that's a that's a good ruling. The the New Jersey federal judge business ruling. 
Speaking of business, uh, Ariana Grande, I want to break it to you easy for those of you that uh, are going to be disappointed with us. Ariana Grande married. I know she tied the knot. Very, very sad for you single people out there that were still hoping at a shot with Ariana. Maybe you still do, even though she's married. So she's married to Dalton Gomez. I guess they're nothing but in love. They got married at the uh, small, tiny, intimate ceremony. And everyone was just so happy, and the families couldn't be happier. And they just love being together in their Montecito home. So they got to be in the same neighborhood with Harry and Meghan and Ellen and Oprah. Isn't that special? Isn't that nice? They just got that special <sighs> historic house, and they just wanted to be just a small, happy little ceremony. Isn't that special? Congratulations, Ariana. We, we're happy for you. And I know he likes keeping his relationship with Ari private too. So everybody will just be happy with posting things on social media so we can keep everybody up to date with what we're doing. But we're still going to be private. (laughs) I mean, after all, I still have to promote everything I'm doing. (laughs) I want privacy, but I still have to promote everything I'm doing. Okay? That's why I live in this gated community in Montecito. Yeah, I get you. It's all good. (laughs) <laughs> oh man oh man oh man did you see oh did you see where uh tiger king back in the news i know so the feds have now seized 68 big cats from the tiger king park in oklahoma they just took them hello they're ours so i guess that uh low he and his wife jeffrey and lauren you remember them from the tiger king documentary on netflix uh has not been uh they've not been keeping up uh, with uh, taking care of all the cats so lions and tigers and bears oh my are federally protected and they need to be treated right under the endangered species act and they were handling them improperly so they took them over i know what's her face down in florida said that she would take the take the tigers she probably take them all, you know, no problem. But uh, the federal judge took them all. And according to this, Lowe now wants out of it. He wants nothing to do with it. He's had enough. He wants out of it. He's probably spent enough money. And, you know, we're tired of uh, uh, running the slipshot operations. We don't have enough to feed them. I gotta, I'm sick of taking care of them. So Tiger King's in jail. He's not getting out. Cancer or no cancer. He's stuck in Fort Worth. I just want to be done with the whole thing. So take it all, okay? So yesterday I made the prediction uh, that Melinda Gates will get uh, more than Mackenzie Bezos did when she got a divorce. Mackenzie's payout was $38 billion. Now she's worth more now, but at the time the settlement was $38 billion. So if Melinda gets anywhere from... 45 to 50 billion she looks good right she got a lot more in the settlement that's a good fight but if she wants to be worth more than mckenzie she needs to you know tag bill for 80 billion (laughs) or take it half of it half of it baby take 75 billion and i'm gone so i mean that's possible that is possible i told you no she gets more she's gonna get a whole lot more than mckenzie and I still believe that. We're still getting stories now 
that the divorce didn't come as a surprise to any of the people that worked with them at the foundation were getting inside reports that they lived in separate wings. Xanadu 2.0 wasn't Xanadu. They lived in two separate wings for several years before the divorce. Well, I mean, that doesn't mean they weren't working on their marriage or still trying to make it work. That just means they have different busy schedules, right? And you don't want to, I get, I kind of get that, you know, I mean, it's a big house, it's Xanadu 2.0, right? And Bill's doing his thing and Linda's doing her thing. So, you know, we're, I'm going to stay down here and you can stay down there and we'll see each other, you know, in one of the kitchens someday. (laughs) Maybe we'll meet up, you know, in the driveway when you're leaving and I'm coming home, something like that. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you that Melinda's going to walk away with a lot more than Mackenzie Bezos did at $38 billion. And I, I think now I'm going to say that she gets $75. $75 billion. No way she gets less than that. No way. Well, let's say half of whatever the total worth of Bill is. right? So it's got to be more than what Mackenzie got. And it's got to be at least half of what Bill's worth is. What's he worth now? Ooh, this one only says Bill's worth $115 billion. He is not doing well at all. <laughs> I do not know how he's going to get by. But, man, you cut... I mean, now you're looking at uh, Melinda. Well, she's still getting more than Mackenzie if she just gets half of $115 billion, right? So she gets, what, $55, $60 billion? Uh, sure, sure. That's still more than Mackenzie. It cuts Bill's worth in half, and it makes her on the rich list for the women. So when I say seven, if she gets seventy-five billion, that's more than half of what Bill's worth. So I'll we'll just I'll stick with she gets more than Mackenzie, which is thirty-eight billion, and probably half of Bill's worth. So more than thirty-eight, probably half. That's a chewing the fat prediction. Hey, and for those of you that think you're worthy of a blue check mark on Twitter, you can apply now. So you're going to be able to submit applications starting right now. Uh, according to this, it started uh, yesterday. For those of you listening live on the 21st of May, 2021. So you're going to have to fall under one of six categories, government, companies, brands and organizations, news organizations, and journalists, entertainment, sports and gaming, or activists, organizers, and of course, other influential individuals. Now they had paused the verification application since 2017 because of the criticism of the process. So they're making guidelines for eligibility clearer this time around. (laughs) Are they? And uh, they're going to uh, make uh, explaining how it defines particularly notable accounts that deserve a check mark. So they're going to expand the eligibility for verification later this year for academics, scientists, and religious leaders. Oh, that's great. That's great. So it's uh, it's a big deal. And they are rolling out an opportunity for you to 
apply for a Twitter blue check mark. Huh. Time is supposed to be pretty tough over at Twitter if they're doing that. They're trying to uh, open it up and make people feel like they're more a part of it because they just got done. Remember the other day? They're going to start charging. They want a separate little uh, $2.99 a month Twitter so you can do a couple different things. And uh, then uh, now they're saying, well, you know what? Why don't we just, uh, we'll open it up. You can apply to get a blue check mark. They will tell you if you're worthy or not of a blue check mark, but we'll open it up for everybody. So, you know, go ahead, apply. And, uh, you know, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> okay. All right. No problem. And I don't want to get out of here without saying, uh, thankfully, that the uh, Palestinians and the Israelis ha are in the middle of a ceasefire. We'll see how long that lasts. Uh, it'll last as long as Hamas will let it last. Uh, it's not up to uh, Israel. Uh, Israel didn't start it. Uh, as a matter of fact, if I, I'm pretty sure they didn't start any of it. But uh, maybe they started it be just because they're Jews. But after 11 days of violence and the, you know, the pressure from uh, many countries uh, around the world, including uh, the U.S., wanted both sides to uh, you know, reach an agreement and have a ceasefire, uh, Israel was uh, pretty much uh, already there. Right? They were saying, hey, stop firing on us and we'll stop firing on you. It's pretty simple. Uh, pretty simple. And I'm glad that our president, uh, Joseph Robinette Biden, worked hard to broker this ceasefire, you know, by leaving it up to Egypt. <laughs> we are. I mean, that's congratulations. Congratulations to this administration for brokering a ceasefire by leaving it up to Egypt to mediate the ceasefire. Man, that was, that was smart. You don't see smartness like that very often, but... We witnessed it here. So all of you and all of you uh, journalists that are asking your question, but for how long? I don't know. Why don't you talk to Hamas about that? Okay? Then get back to me. I don't want to leave on the Israel-Hamas battle going on. So just look forward to dating apps are going to partner with the White House for uh push people for vaccinations i mean that's so special tinder hinge okay cupid blk shispa plenty of fish bumble badu are all gonna gain access to premium content if you've been vaccinated like boosts super likes and super swipes all you got to do is prove that you've been vaccinated. That is so good. That is so good. And you're going to be able to filter potential matches by vaccination status. And you know what? If you don't have uh, your vaccination shot yet, you're going to be able to, you know, schedule one through your dating app. So, man, that is so that is such good news. Good, good news. Isn't it? Yes. While our administration was busy letting Egypt uh, mediate the ceasefire between Hamas and Israel, we were setting up uh, you know, vaccination help through our dating apps here in the U.S. Ugh. Thank you. Thank, I'll stop. Now. <laughs> Thank you. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart.
No, I mean it from the bottom, way down, way, way down at the bottom of my heart. Thank you for listening to Chewing the Fat. Oh, 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 oh